What's up, world? Welcome back to the THV Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 6. This week's guest is Simi Shitsu. We get into his journey, whether or not he'd like to play for the GB team, and a lot more. So take a listen. This is a great episode. What's up, world? Welcome back to the Hooper's Voice Podcast with your host, THV Mo. And I'm here with a special guest from the hood. From- <laughs> <laughs> what's good? What's okay, good? What's good, Simi? Simi Shitsu's with us. What's good, bro? I'm good. How are you doing, bro? Can't complain, man. I can't complain. This is this has been um one that's been happening for a while. Yeah, you've been catching for what, like a year now. Yeah, 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 for about a year now, man. Yeah, long overdue. For real. So let's yeah. just get straight into it, man. Obviously, um, some people here know, some people don't. You were here yeah. for a little while when he was younger. Um, did you leave when you were five or later? Yeah, I left. Uh, I was yeah, I was born in uh. Harrow or whatever, and then I moved to Canada when I was five years old. Did you ever come back in between that time? Yeah, I came back actually the year after when I was six years old, and then I went back when I was uh, 12 years old, and I haven't been back since because how busy basketball has been getting me. So yeah. it's, it has been a ride for sure. Um, so do you remember anything from when you used to live in Harrow, London, about the UK? Um. Obviously, fish and chips, obviously, like, I, um, <laughs> you know, you know how it is. But yeah, no, uh, I played soccer down there. Mm. Uh, and then the neighborhood I was living in, uh, Harold and like in Pinna, it was like not like safe. So I was really going outside like that. Uh, so right. I only I started to go outside when I was when I came to Canada more. And then that's when, you know, stuff started. I was, could be more of a kid, you know what I mean? So yeah um how was Canada when you got there was it like a culture shock like how was it um you were, you I mean were, it was so. yeah it was different because like I was like first I'm a like a black kid and then I was in a yeah. and they, they didn't start me to have a British accent and they asked me they called my name and that attendance whatever so that was just funny or whatever but <laughs> uh other than that um yeah just like opportunity wise like you know more like I could play sports stuff like that and uh I can play outside my friends and you know uh me and my brother were able to you know you know walk on the neighborhood meet new people this is that so yeah shout out to your brother Taylor man he's a great guy yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um obviously you hooped in Canada for a bit then you moved to America to play in high school and you killed like you're your high school, your time of high school was incredible, man. You got like MVP of the M- MBPA like twice in a row, five star recruit, Jordan Classic, McDonald's um, All American. Yeah. Um, out of all those, you know, tournaments and camps you went to, what was your favorite one or favorite memory? Um, I would say probably when I was at Montverde, mm. everything kind of took off. My when I moved to, I went to Montverde for a year in Florida yeah, for my sophomore year. And uh, I got a back-to-back MVP at Hoop Hall Classic. And then my I went from an unranked to, to I think, 13 in the country, like, out of nowhere. Like, yeah. And that's when stuff kind of took it off for me. And then I finished the, sum, the summer. Even though rankings don't mean nothing like that, but, you know, yeah. like, as a young kid in high school coming from England to Canada, like, not really expected to do anything coming out of nowhere yeah so I finished like number eight in the country then like yeah my whole life just kept on going from there getting just offers and then probably the MVPA top 100 MVP was big because I was the only Canadian to do it Hmm. ever so that was big for me and then that really 
put me on the scene and then just the EYBL circuits dominating there. It was really big playing my close friends. And then um, my the being a McDonald's All-American was like the thing that I've wanted since I was uh, in middle school. So that was like one of the accomplishments I was like, I had like a whole list of things I wanted to accomplish. And that was the, one of the big things for me, so. That's, so yeah. that's, that's, that's crazy, by the way, that's crazy. That you're the only <laughs> Canadian to do that, that's insane. Yeah. Um, so with the rankings, right? Um, before you was ranked, yeah, before you blew up, did you look at guys in the rankings and be like, yo, I need to go after this guy, that guy, that guy? Yeah, like, cause in AAU, like I played, I started playing AAU when I was in fifth grade. And you know how you see all those like YouTube sensations, whatever, mm -hmm. so like obviously, me, me and my brother would look at like who mixed tape balls life and you see the kids my age and like I just was I was waiting to play those guys and just waiting to get my opportunity to you know be on the scene because you see all like the camera and stuff like that and that's how the kids get the hype nowadays especially too so sure. yeah I just had I had certain guys on the list for sure and you know you got to beat guys out to get to where you want to be so so you would say like would you say that hooping in the U.S was a lot more difficult than when you played in Canada or was it a bit the same? Um, it was a, I would say when I first came to Montverde, it was a culture shock because I was finally playing against people that were either same caliber or like better and older, you know, Montverde just came up with a national championship. Hmm. And then my team, we were stacked. We had me, RJ, Anthony Simons, Bruno Fernando, Silvio, EJ, just down the list. So like just stuff like that was just, was competitive every day in practice. Coach Burrow is a historical high school coach. And then going to Vermont Academy, I had other guys like Jordan Wara went to Louisville. Mm. Uh, Marcus Santos went to uh, VCU and I was at Texas Tech. So like just playing high level competition in the Nepsack League in New England, which is big too. So that really prepared me for college and everything. And just, yeah, when Canada, like after my uh, freshman year, I already knew that I was, I was going to end up going to the States. That was like the path that like, you know, Tristan Thompson and Corey Joseph and those guys set for all of us going to Finley prep uh, in their high school year. So like, it was just kind of the, the norm once you, you know, max out your abilities in Canada. So, yeah. Um, so obviously you went college at Vanderbilt, but before mm -hmm. you decided to go, um, what other schools were you looking at and who else tried to really took really caught your attention when you got uh I literally had like everyone like for real I was, yeah like Kentucky uh my first call when they were out to call college I mean we're allowed to call uh high school juniors was Kansas I remember at the dinner table and they called me I was like 16 then but yeah I had like my other schools I was thinking though my my list was uh UNC uh Arizona Kentucky Oregon, Ohio State, yeah, just like yeah, to name a few, to name Baylor, to name a few. So yeah, so it was just, it was that process was a it was a, it was a fun process for sure. Imagine, I can imagine. So what made Vanderbilt stand out, bro? Um, first of all, the way they after I committed was like just a reassurance of how they really took care of me when I got injured. But um, before that it was you know. Um, me and Darius were closest friends during uh, uh, high school and like we played against each other like all in high school and AAU and stuff like that and 
he's from there and like we wanted to go together because he was number one point guard at the time. I was number one power forward at the time. Um, and then just the way the coaching staff really, you know, built the relationship, not even basketball wise, just the way like off the court and how like they were calling me, call my parents mm. almost every day and, you know, build that relationship, that foundation. And then just like, I knew going there, I wanted, um, yeah, I knew going there basically like, I've always been like the type of dude to like go to, like my, when I went to Vermont, like they were known, but like it wasn't a big school until I really, you know, when you know, went there. So like just something like that. So I knew Vanderbilt, I wanted to kind of change the culture. Me and Darius want to change the culture there and change the way they do things over there on and off the court. And now you see how, you know, and it was just historic having two McDonald's All-Americans there and first ever to do it. So it was just certain things like that, which really played a big factor. And then just like the SEC, you know, top conference in the country, arguably. And then academics wise, you're yeah. set for life, getting a Vanderbilt degree. So like it just, everything all comes in one because my mom's a, uh high school math and science teacher so like that education was a big thing for her for sure so like going to Vanderbilt just made the most sense it was a full package for me so yeah especially the background African background you have to you know how, you know how they do no, you bro you have to <laughs> exactly. there's no yeah. there's no I'm gonna skip you I, you have to go <laughs> like, yeah exactly and then you know I can always go back and get my degree which I'm going to do eventually so like that's that's always been a thing for me and my mom to get get that for her for sure. Mm. So what was before we move on from college? What was it like? What was your experience at college like? Like not I don't mean on the court. I mean just being a student at college. Some people um, have the best experience. Like how was it for you? Yeah, it was great because like again, top recruit in the nation. Me and Darius like they never had players like that like on campus and like just the love we got from all the the students and like because we had like a a freshman, like the freshmen had like their own kind of side and like a Vandy, like their whole campus kind of. So like just the love we were getting there and the, the the fans, you know, when we go to certain places to eat, like they know who we are, which is cool. And just like this support of the, the whole city of Nashville was cool. And then like, you know, I'm on billboards on West End, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the city, just stuff like that, just surreal stuff like that. Like just looking back where I came from in England, like not even knowing what basketball was to like, being a national on billboards and like right in the city is just like it doesn't even make sense sometimes, you know. That's insane, man. Yeah. Oh, cool. What was um Darius like as a teammate? Oh, that's my guy. Like you know, he's unselfish, but he can score a good point guard. Like and he's he's fun to be around. You know, he's his character is he's he rubs off on you. You know, like he's just always a happy guy. You know, he's unselfish. You know, he just wants the best for you and the team, whatever. So. It was a good experience, you know, rooming with him for the time he was there and also playing with him. That's dope, man. So um, yeah. what motivated you to put your name in the draft after one year? Um, So I just knew going pro was like the best decision for me in terms of like my development for sure. And then also like, I just knew, I, I knew and felt I was ready and it was I was supposed to be around first round pick and stuff like that. So like I was I was already looking at that. I knew I had to play well at the combine and I played well at the combine too. I I was leading score and rebounding the first game of the combines of my team. So like I just I knew I had a good feeling, whatever, going into the draft and stuff like that. And then 
just I, I just thought that like for development wise like playing against pros and learning how to be a pro at such a young age would be better than me better for me to, than staying in college and you know like because the pros in college are two different things for sure like once you get there and I just felt like maturity wise I was there to go you know make that next step and I knew a pro is a whole another journey and a whole other other marathon for you know and I've I started from the ground up from high school and I, I can do it, you know, in the pros too. So I'm in, just being young and being a, yeah, being young and being a guy where, you know, you've always had certain odds against you. Like it's just, it's always in your favor and God always has a plan for you. So like, huh. I just knew my journey was going to be different. I knew it was, I was going to get to where I needed to be eventually. So. For sure, man. Yeah. God always, God always got you, man, for real. Exactly. Um, for sure, man. Like, I, even the, the confidence just echoes, like, regardless yeah. of whatever. So, um, first year in the G League, you're with the Windy City Bulls. You're having some great games. Yeah. And then you get a call up to play for the Bulls. You have a great game against OKC. Yeah. Um, obviously, the pandemic takes place. Season cuts off. Um, how was 2020 for you? Like, Oh, it was, again, like, that year, like, really shaped me to be who I am this year for sure is like just mentally and physically and spiritually too. Mm -hmm. But like, um, I would say that year, you know, started off, I went from, you know, being McDonald's all American, this is, this is that high college star, high school started and like, oh. you know, not even playing first five games in the G league. Like, yeah. so you know that that's a whole other mental game for you. And that's you no, know, another way for you to grow as a person. So like, um, you know, it was it was good for me, you know. And then coincidentally, the game where like everything kind of took off, we came back to Toronto, played 905, and I had that big game, whatever I had, and then stuff kind of taking off from there. But like that year, like and then the coaching staff was great. Like they really focused on development and you know, they want everyone to get in a better situation for next year and take that next step. And uh, you know, uh my coach Damon Carter was coaching the NBL team Australia coach Dante Exum and I had two other coach my two other assistants they played in uh Turkey EuroLeague all that stuff like that so that was just a great experience for me and development wise and it was such a, it was such a family it was more of a family kind of bond you know having and me being 19 and guys are 25 26 it's like <laughs> It was just a good experience to you know learn how and then they were kind of took me under their wing and yeah, yeah. you know help me you know be a pro and uh you know just they they knew as soon as a long as the season was going on like I was getting better and better and getting more comfortable and you know did this embrace me so it was it was a great experience in Windy City for sure. No yeah that's that's that sounds that sounds dope and the games you were having yeah. incredible man. Like, yeah appreciate it. Sure man but um could you describe your like first day in the G League like what did you expect it to be what it was was it something different? Um, I mean, yeah, like, again, like, I was very new to the pros. I was still 19, and I was, I came in, and, like, it was, it's, it, Julie's a grind, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, I went from training camp with the Bulls, you know, everything's all, you know, and then went to the G, and it was, it was, it was a good experience, because, like, again, you were guys that have been in the game, been in the pros for four or five years of experience, and, like, you know, everyone's down there to work and also get to that next step, like even the NBA or high level overseas and get that, you know. So it was just a good environment for me to have kind of guys of the same hmm. 
mentality as me, like trying to get somewhere than being there. And like, you know, it's harder for people to really take on their wing or like people to get you helps to get that next step because they might have think they're already there or something like that. But like everyone in the G is trying to get a better situation and a better uh, outcome for themselves. And like, they all want to work and, you know, stay they were you know, making sure I was staying in the gym because that's really all you want all you got to do down there stay in the gym and you know get better continue to develop so then obviously you were staying in the gym you were staying in the gym still staying with your first year and when you did get the call up to play for the Bulls and you got to put the Bulls jersey like how did it feel mm -hmm. surreal like I guess especially for like my city back home in like Canada Burlington like that was one of the things for the city I had to, you know got to do for them and like for myself it was just like you know I'm starting to really live my dream and starting to really you know, take that next step. And like, I just know, like, just even just that, the the, the first couple of preseason games when I had that against OKC, like it just reassured me how like, I know I belong. And it's just like a matter of time and opportunity and timing, God's timing. And, you know, just keeping faith in what um, he has for me and my journey, because like everyone's path is different, you know? Of course, man. Yeah. It is, but I, I mean, that must've been crazy. Cause listen, when, when my player on 2K gets drafted, boy, I get excited. So, in real life, if you're putting a Bulls jersey, bro, yeah, that's, yeah. A whole, that's a whole next level of feeling, man. Yeah. Um, so, take a break from, you know, the, the, the career. Like, if you had to describe your game to a stranger, like, how would you mm. Um, So, I describe my game versatile, uh, unselfish, um, defensive minded in terms of like my versatility like I, I can I think I can guard one to five mm. um and then also just I'm a my game's adjustable like I'm a basketball player like I I, I know how to make the right play mm -hmm. um I've been in so many different situations I've been going from Windy City playing the five then playing with the Bulldogs playing the three coming off ball screens hitting floaters making creating for myself, making plays, and then going Westchester, playing the five, but, like, always fitting into each system, I feel like. You can put me anywhere and, you know, kind of a glue guy slash, like, a guy that can really just do a little bit of everything and then um, just a hard worker and tough and high motor, you know? So just – Very. I just feel like, yeah, it just, it just translates to any sort of level or any, any team, I feel. Yeah, I mean, like – you are ranked like I mean this season you are ranked like fourth offensively, ninth in rebounds. Like you were just like killing it in the ball. So how was the G League bubble? Did it differ from the regular season? Like how was the bubble? Um, I mean, like just being there, not playing, but just being there, like the experience. It was a it was a more of a business trip slash like mental battle in terms of like you're only there for a month and a half. Really, hmm. it was great because I got to play with Iggy my longtime friend who like we literally lived 10 minutes from each other. Yeah. Um, he's on Orlando now. Uh, but yeah, no, so it was good playing with him. And then like, just like, yeah, like it was kind of fast paced in terms of like, you know, you got a game every other day hmm. and you have a couple of back to backs and like, it was just good again, uh, development factor because you're playing against again, like a top level players, guys that have been in the league for a couple of years that came down and then guys from high level overseas that come down. So just being able to go at them and also, again, prove, you know, where I, I belong or where I should be or where I can be one day. Like, and it just, you know, it was just good for me to really see where I'm at and see how much work that I put in and 
2020 in the summer to translate into this year. So only way is up. I mean, like, if you look at your um, percentages, like this year, you were like 58% on shots. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I think it was something like 71 of 122, and it was like mm-hmm. 80%. You were eighty-seven percent on shots, or eighty-seven percent of your shots were like within five feet. So it's like mm-hmm. what you were doing was like you could tell when you watch the game you're playing your role. But if you see, yeah. you've seen other games, where like you said, you played the three, the four, the five. Like you can mm-hmm. run the floor, you can make passes. Like even um, what Zach Levine was saying, like you you can make plays. Like it's just yeah. it's crazy how versatile your game is. I would say like your game is very high, very very versatile, man, for sure. Appreciate um, it. Appreciate so obviously. People here are starting to figure out who you are with your successes and stuff. Um, mm. Would you ever think about playing for the GB team? Um, for sure, the opportunity presents itself. It's always been you no. Know, a dear of mine to, you know, play for GB. But right now, I'm just focused on, you know, selling myself in the NBA right now. And, of course. you know, if the opportunity presents itself, you know, I'll discuss with my, my agent and then, you know, what the best option, the best next step for me is but yeah like if the opportunity is there you never know what the possibility is so i mean that that would be kind of big though man for real mm-hmm. i mean dope like and like mm-hmm. the collection of jerseys that you would have like from yeah from high school <laughs> to there it'd be like crazy, crazy. so crazy. many different jerseys man, for mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. um so say it's game day for example what's your favorite pre-game meal when you were about before. Uh, pasta and chicken. Uh-huh. Pretty simple, like tortellinis. Like, yeah. just, you know, something like that. Nothing too crazy. You know, I don't be too full for the game. Nothing like, even if it's like a chicken wrap or some salad or something like that. Nothing too, too much. So, um, we're about to, we'll get into the tail end of it now. So, like, what kind of music do you listen to before a game? Um, Lil hand? Baby, uh-huh. G Herbo. Jay Critch, I don't know if you heard of him. He's from yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah. Jay Critch, that's one of my favorite for sure. Um, and then Lil Dirk. Um, that's really, that's really yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's really nice right now. I feel you. Okay, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's I'm surprised you didn't say no Drake. Kind of like mm-hmm. I mean, Canada. you. I everyone loves Drake from <laughs> Canada. I, I, I like Drake. No, but like just. I mean, if he had one of those, like, you know, those certain, those KMT hits, something like that, you know, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll play that with gigs or something like that. But, like, before the game, just get me locked in. But, like, this, um, I feel like Drake, for me, is, like, a time and place and, like, where, like how I'm feeling mood-wise, you know what I mean? Because Drake, Drake's a versatile artist, so he's, sure. there's all different types of Drake. Yeah, 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 no, I definitely yeah. agree for you, bro. Um. Mm. Coming up, obviously, molding your game. Like, who did you look at and want to take things from? For, honestly, like, I looked at so many different players. Um, obviously, like, LeBron. But, like, I would, like, look at guys like like Tyree, how he finishes. Or, you know, look at, what's his name? Giannis, how he runs the floor and how he, you know, goes coast to coast. Or, like, how... Or like AD with his mid post work, like so. I look at guys like I usually look at guys like that, and then just also again, my game is like high motor and like I rebound at a high, high clip. So, like, yeah, sure. I guess just watching dudes, how like 
certain guys like Tristan Thompson, Joel Embiid, and certain guys like how they, you know, box people out or how they, you know, get their position because they're high high level rebounders too. So like just certain certain guys like that. So it's because I want to have a I don't want to have really holes in my game when it's all said and done. So I'm looking at certain guys who do certain things I want to do at a high level. I mean, you do a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people realize or know, like, but you do a lot of things at a high level. Like you led uh, Winchester, Westchester, sorry, in like rebounds, blocks, mm-hmm. percentage. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, like it's, it's insane, I'm not gonna lie to you. You're very humble. Appreciate um, it's nice to see, but the things you're doing on the court is like insane. Like people are gonna overlook it. Um, so on the show, podcast, whatever you want to call it, every episode you have a top five, right? Um, mm. your top five things of random stuff. Um, whatever I'm gonna throw at you. Top five, no debate. Top five, top five, top five. This week's top five. Is gonna be say for example you're stranded on an island, right? Mm. No, I'm with you. Yeah, what's the top five things you take with you on this island or have sent to you on this island? Twenty-four case of water, like mad water, obviously. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Uh, my phone, mm. so I can you know hopefully I find service somewhere. I can make some whatever you know what I mean. Something happen. Uh. Man, probably like deodorant, you know, don't you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, toothbrush, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then like a couple hoodies, just you know, if it gets cold, or whatever. Um, and then man, I don't even know, I haven't thought of that before. Uh, Yo, that's, that's a practical list. I did not expect you to say a toothbrush. Uh-huh. I mean, like, I'm not, like, there's no for me, like, to flex at anybody at the island. Like, I'm by myself. There's no one. Like, <laughs> I, I, there's nothing really, really, like, I'm not really pressed, like, to show anybody what I got over there. But, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Just something how many times, like, I can live, you know, and then obviously food. Yeah, like so, food. yeah, probably those five things. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's about survival, not about, like, what you got to show these wherever on the island whatever for me like <laughs> no, yeah i feel you and um last question bro before we get out of here um what do you like doing off the court obviously we're talking about your career for the whole time we've been here but what do you enjoy doing off the court um well since i was since i left so early as a like young young kid whatever when i come home i just you know i spend time my friends and family usually just you know uh, just regularly do stuff. I don't know, me and my friends, you know, go to movies, Not, nothing like too crazy, but COVID obviously, like everything's like, you know, locked up, but like, sure. yeah, nothing too crazy. And I, I like I like being in the studio with my friends, some of my friends that rap and stuff like that, being in a studio with them. Um, but yes, yeah, that's, that's really it. You ever, you ever jump on the mic in your studio? Or one, two, one, two. I'm not, I can't freestyle, <laughs> but yeah, no. I got some nah, stuff in the vault. No, nah, I hear you. I hear you. Nah, it's tempting yeah. when you're in the studio. Some of my guys go studio. I jump in there. I don't make no music, but yeah, you sitting there hearing the rhythms and you're like, Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're rapper, like, yeah, for, for real. Sure. But, um, appreciate you jumping on the podcast, bro. Of course, for sure.
Of I've course. Sometime in the future as well, man. Thanks for having me. Sure, bro. It's love, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah.